When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. It's that time of year where folks are getting into their gardens, farmers are getting into the fields, and communities are utilizing agriculture to feed families. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, and Jen Falk is the Wisconsin Partnership Program Coordinator for the Menominee Tribe's Department of Agriculture and Food Systems. The tribe has several food security initiatives in place that focus on local production agriculture. Jen has some incredible statistics for us on the impact that these food projects have had. But I ask her to paint the picture for me first on what food insecurity looks like among Wisconsin's tribal nations. So a lot of people in the U.S. are suffering from food insecurity, of course. But Native Americans, like many other things, suffer at higher rates. Before the pandemic, one in four Natives was suffering from some type of food insecurity. And that can be the result of a family's, you know, their economic situation or where they live. We have a lot of tribal folks in Wisconsin and throughout the U.S. that are living in food deserts. And then in addition to just having living in a food desert or not having access to healthy food, tribal families oftentimes don't have access to their traditional foods, which is becoming really important. We're finding that when tribal families have connections or access to their traditional foods, it improves their health in all kinds of different ways. And Jen, your work really focuses on, one, not only you know tackling that, that food insecurity statistic, but also bringing those Native foods back to the community. Can you tell me what's being done to address some of the food access issues in the Menominee Indian Tribe? I do work for the Menominee Department of Ag, and we are doing a lot of things, including plant giveaways and backyard garden services and putting together a demonstration farm in the future and other activities that Menominee is doing. But I also spend a lot of my time on the Tribal Elder Food Box Program, which is the whole state of Wisconsin. So that program started with a partnership between Feeding Wisconsin and three other tribes, Menominee, Oneida, and Red Cliff. In the first year, we distributed almost 11,000 boxes to elders in those communities. And all of the food that we put in those boxes was indigenous produced or locally produced. And oftentimes each box had um, some kind of culturally appropriate food for elders. And that was in 2021. And in 2022, the program grew and it became uh, statewide. So there's 11 tribes in Wisconsin. And all 11 tribes participated last year. And we put out almost 25,000 boxes. When you talk about uh, native-owned farms or agribusinesses, what does that look like among Wisconsin tribes? What types of commodities are being raised or grown? How big is agriculture in those tribes? Can you give me um, just some more info on that? There's several different types of, you know, different tribes in Wisconsin. And some of us, I'm, I'm an Oneida tribal member. And we've been farming forever since creation. Some tribes have not, and they have a little less experience. Some of the northern tribes are getting more and more into farming all the time, um, and especially in recent years. Menominee is relearning their agricultural history. So we're at all different spaces, I guess. But there's a vast array of different kinds of tribal farms. There's small-scale farms 
organic, there's teaching farms, community-based farms, and there are some large cash crop beef and bison operations that are operated by tribes in Wisconsin as well. I want to go back to the Tribal Elder Food Box Program. I mean, it sounds like it's been very successful from what you've told me. And has it also recently got more funding? Is that correct? The program is funded for 2023 and 2024. There is currently in the proposed state budget, there is some funding for the Tribal Elder Food Box in that budget, yes. What's the response has been like from the tribal communities that you've been serving? It's been kind of groundbreaking, I would I would say we have been able to support local economies and purchase product from indigenous farmers, which is awesome. We've also been able to get nutritious food to elders, and we've been able to get food to elders that they may not have had access to in a long, long time, if ever. And so the response has been awesome from all 11 tribal communities. Like I said, we've put out almost 25,000 boxes last year. We hope to do more this year. And yeah, it's been, according to the surveys that we've collected, it's been very, very popular. Another thing you mentioned, the demonstration farm, you said that's in the planning stage. Can you, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, the Menominee tribe owns a small um, farm that's been um, non-operational for a few years. And so we would like to turn that into a demonstration farm. We will likely do some kind of uh, indigenous corn crop there. We are working with our local NRCS um, agent to um, do fencing for a small beef operation. So things are coming along. It's uh, it's kind of a the whole house needs renovation and the pastures need to be put back together. But we're very excited about what we hope to be doing soon. Is there a projected timeline or, or end date for this to for construction to end and and production to begin? No, I'm going to have to say no, just because. We have always, as always, we have funding issues and we have, we even have fencing installation issues um, and equipment issues and supply issues. So, so no, I would say a, a, a year or two, maybe. Do you want to explain to me why this was a priority for the tribe? We want to be able to help tribal families become food sovereign. So we look at food sovereignty at three levels. And the first level is family food sovereignty. So we want to be able to teach and demonstrate to tribal families that they can grow food, that they can produce food, and they can come out to the demonstration farm and learn different ways of doing that. And then the second level of food sovereignty that we look at is tribal food sovereignty. Is the Menominee tribe food sovereign? Can the Menominee tribe feed its people? And then the third level of food sovereignty is intertribal food sovereignty, where the tribes are collaborating and working together to reestablish old food economies and old trade routes and uh, work together to, to feed our people. Going back to that first level of food sovereignty, the, the family food sovereignty, and you're really hoping that families uh, will be able to have access and learn from this demonstration farm. What's the interest look like among the tribe? I don't know if you can give me like a quantify it in some way or maybe give me some anecdotal comments. Why is this something that the tribe is asking for, that your community members are asking for? As in many communities throughout Wisconsin, people are getting more interested in providing and growing their own food. And I think that the health outcomes here and in many other tribal communities aren't great. 
There's a lot of diabetes, a lot of high blood pressure, heart disease. I think families are becoming more and more interested in those issues and starting at home with their with their food production and diets to help improve those health outcomes. Also, because of certain food policies, there's there's a lot that tribes can do to improve their their food systems through policy. So one of the efforts that we worked on in 2022 was to do some rezoning of the Menominee Reservation and change some zoning codes that will kind of help promote and encourage families to do backyard gardens or to get some chickens or to get some beehives. So public policy, we're using public policy as well to encourage folks. Has that been successful? Has Have you been able to move that through? Yeah, one of the other zoning changes that we made was we changed the zoning code to allow for ag land to be leased to tribal members. And we had our first agriculture lease approved last week. So a farmer who's already doing a beef operation will have more land that he, he couldn't have leased before, but he can now so he can expand his beef operation. And then on that last leg of food sovereignty, that third level, the multi-tribal nation food sovereignty. Does Great Lakes Intertribal Food Coalition fit into that? Yeah, Great Lakes Intertribal Food Coalition was a result of the tribal elder food box. So getting the box out requires 11 tribes, for one thing, and a lot of food banks and food distributors and tribal food programs. Uh, It takes an immense amount of people and agencies to pull off the tribal elder food box program. Since we've started that program, we've also started to do other things. And so uh, we had to kind of start calling ourselves something. So recently, um, we became the Great Lakes Indigenous Food Coalition. And our ultimate goal is to take that coalition and someday in the not-too-distant future be able to build an Indigenous agriculture co-op for the Great Lakes region. And this would be a place for your producers to sell? Yeah. So one of the things that I think we've all learned, if we didn't know it before, we know it now, that the food system is broken. One of the best ways to address what's happening is a lot of small-scale farmers, particularly for Indigenous communities because of the rural nature of most of the reservations. So if we had, if we could increase the number of Indigenous producers and harvesters, then we could have that product sold to an Indigenous co-op that could then wholesale that product out. So if I can grow 100 pounds of heirloom corn and two other tribal families can do that, we don't need to be growing acres and acres of corn. We can have several families sell to that co-op so that the co-op can wholesale out. So Jen, do you have an idea of how close you are to reaching that end goal of food sovereignty? I mean, it depends from tribe to tribe. There's, you know, different things happening all over the place. I'd say we have a lot of work to do for sure. Jen Falk giving me some time. She's the Wisconsin Partnership Program Coordinator for the Menominee Tribes Department of Agriculture and Food Systems, giving us some examples of how agriculture is used as a way for tribal nations across Wisconsin to become food sovereign. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.